I remember going to this all-wooden playground as a kid. They used to be all over the place. Now, like most playgrounds, it was set up with clear activities and play areas. There was the seesaw. There's the slide. The suspension bridge. But I was a kid, right? So, of course, I looked at all that meticulously designed playscape and decided there was an opportunity for improvement. The pull-up bar was close enough to the wooden fire truck to try something out. For what seemed like eons, I swung from the pull-up bar and attempted to launch myself into the window of the fire truck. I wasn't concerned with the landing. I just had to do it. I hurt myself something fierce in that attempt, but I stuck the landing eventually. So the bruises, well, they became a badge of honor. I started that whole process frustrated, but I went to bed that night feeling extremely accomplished. And I didn't know it at the time, but I was considering physics? Determination to know, to find out, well, that's pretty damn rad. Welcome to My Dad, I'm Dad, a podcast for anyone who's ever loved and lost and sought to make sense of those experiences. My name is Doug. Maxine has struck me as the type to try and figure things out from the get. To quote Robert Muldoon, game warden of Jurassic Park, that one, when she looks at you, you can tell she's working things out. She had this early obsession with door hinges. She's got the blood blisters to prove it. And she continues to be infatuated with the way ceiling fans work. She can't just passively observe things springing out of pop-up books. No. She has to feel the folds in the paper and open-close the pages over and over again until she knows the precise sequence of events. I'm pretty positive all parents have observed a budding inquisitive mind in their child. It's pretty incredible, especially in those days before speech, to watch as instinct, environment, and guidance combine into an insatiable thirst for knowledge. And over the past week, Maxine has begun to express an eerie echo of her old man's obsessive tendencies. Maxine has books. I mean, lots of books. We made sure of that. But one in particular has her about as transfixed as Indiana Jones looking at a historical artifact. And it's a simple book. I'm not sure a simpler one could be made. Each page has a different kid expressing a different emotion on it. And the word for that emotion is on the bottom of the page. Eight pages, eight emotions. That's it. That has not stopped Maxine from engaging with the book over and over again whenever she sets eyes on it. Six times in a row is the current record. Maxine will point at, make sound toward, or hand me this book multiple times a day and I pantomime the expressions the kids make, and she studies my face. She turns the pages, taps them, opens and closes the book, and round and round we go. And I can't lie, it's a little frustrating at times. I mean, I'm tapping into all the manic body acting of Chris Farley to bring these emotions to life, so it can be also a little exhausting. But I'm pretty sure I know what she's up to, and that makes it all worthwhile. You see, she's not only learning to communicate, she's developing emotional intelligence. Essentially, she's telling me, and I'm paraphrasing Phil Collins here, 
I wanna know, can you show me something's familiar about these strangers like me? So anytime the desire for her to engage with something, anything else, aggravates me, it's quickly snuffed out when her eyes lock on mine and they all but shine with aspirations of connection. This all seems so familiar to me for some reason. And then, there it is. The sound she makes when she taps on the book unlocks it. And I can just see Dad tapping a notepad, looking at me and saying, Remember this? There was a time where the average home had just one computer for the whole family. And that computer was comprised of a tower and a monitor. No laptops. I developed into adolescence right along with the home PC, so operating that particular doodad came very naturally to me. But for one member in the house, that was not the case. Dad looked at the computer like it was an alien spacecraft. He had a vague notion of what it could do, but he could probably have built a muscle car from the ground up quicker than saving a Word document to a floppy disk. It was a Friday evening, and my mind was awash in the possibilities the weekend might offer, when Dad blindsided me with this little ditty. Son, after dinner I was hoping you'd teach me how to get the computer on. And right then and there, I knew. My night was well in shot. Might as well teach Michael Jordan to play baseball. Oh yeah, shit, that happened. Anyway, this went just about as well as that did. After dinner, I battened down the hatches in my mind and waited for Dad to do what he always did when he was learning, planning, or executing anything. Grab a notepad and a pencil. Never a pen. I swear, I can smell that pad of paper right now. Well, we grabbed Dad a chair and saddled up. Dad scribbled at the top of the pad, How to use computer. Then he fixed me with an intense stare, and we were off. And when I get excited, or when I hope something can be done quickly, I'll talk about a million miles a minute. So I did just that. Went through everything. Even told him how to use the printer. Not that he'd ever need that. Comprehensive instructions for the home PC in under five minutes. Clock it! But when I look back at Dad, I noticed that he hadn't written anything down. Now... This was going to take a while. Dad calmly asked the first of his many questions. What is the monitor, son? I told him it was like the TV for the computer. Well, he understood. Now we were getting somewhere. What is the tower, son? Well, it's the brain of the computer, Dad. It's there on the floor. Man, to this day. Should have gone with car metaphors. Call it the engine, young Doug. Call it the engine! Okay, son. How do I turn it on? Well, that's simple, Dad. You push the power button on the tower, then the power button on the monitor. Well, does it matter if I turn on the monitor before the tower? Well, it shouldn't, Dad. Why? And so we went. Now, later on, as a function of my job... I'd go on to write standard operating procedures for large machine operation designed to maximize efficiency. 
and I think the only reason I was any sort of good at that was a direct result of this interaction. Young me, well, he wouldn't benefit from this discussion for a number of years. So Dad and I continued our lesson for hours. I mean, didn't he know I could have been on AOL chatting aimlessly with all the friends I'd already chatted aimlessly with that day? (laughs) The nerve of that guy. Now finally, I figured out what Dad was so keen to learn the computer for. He wanted to be able to play a game of golf all on his own. Not real golf, but the finest golf a CD-ROM circa 1995 had to offer. See, my brother, my dad, and I spent hours playing that game together, and we enjoyed the hell out of it, even though playing meant we constantly had to take turns sitting in the computer chair to find a better angle for using the mouse. How are you supposed to compensate for wind speed without a good command of the mouse? Now, I hate to admit that eventually I wormed my way out of the computer tutorial with Dad. Dad was stubborn as hell, but he could sniff out a lost cause, and I must have reeked by the time the sun went down. Dad left me to my own computer time, but not before I noticed. He had hardly written anything on his notepad. I knew I failed. But I told him we'd try again tomorrow. And he said, Sure. He said it in that parent way. That knowing way. Next day came and went. No tutorial. Few more days. Then months. It wasn't until the summer when I was away at camp that I even thought about it again. Mom wrote me a letter, and right near the bottom was mention of Dad trying to get the game working. He got the computer turned on. But he couldn't figure out how to get the CD to load. And she finished that letter off with a ha-ha. I'll be honest, I laughed too. I bet by now you figured out I've got a damn good memory. So good, in fact, that I also remember my brother was visiting with a friend while I was away at camp that year. And I used to tell that story of Dad trying to figure out the computer for comedic effect. But now, as a dad... I see it's kind of sad. Dad knew for months there'd be a time that summer without his kids. And I assumed he'd be thrilled to be rid of us. Two whole weeks with no kids? Apparent Shangri-La. It turns out, he'd tried for months to secure a way he could feel like he was with us. Well, shit. I bungled the hell out of that, huh? If I'm being honest... I have a boatload of regrets when it comes to Dad. Things I wish I would have done. Things I wish I could take back. But he was the type to see the big picture was my dad. And he let me know, through his entire life, that I could learn from my mistakes and do better next time. I'm sorry, Dad. But I'll make you this promise. If Maxine wants to check out how I feel seven, eight, or even twenty times tomorrow... I'll be there, and I'll act the hell out of it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of My Dad, I'm Dad. If you have any stories you'd like to share or you'd like to be a guest on the show, please reach out at mdidpodcast at gmail.com or on Facebook or Instagram at mdidpod. 
Subscribe for more episodes weekly as I reminisce, reflect, and attempt to blend the past into a hopeful future. Thanks again to Andy for the use of the music in the show. And let's not forget our Wally wisdom for the week. Well, there's a deer. Look at that cloud. Aren't those trees gorgeous? Dad spent most of any car ride really absorbed in the experience. Take a moment this week to look out the window and just observe. Odds are there's some cool shit just waiting to be seen. I'll see you next time, folks.